welcome to uh, the first anniversary of the SUAS News podcast series where uh, we always discuss the news and issues relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. We've been doing that for actually a year tomorrow. Um, I'm your program host, Patrick Egan, and let's say hello and welcome to our co-host, Gene Robinson. Hey, Gene. How's it going? Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's amazing already. I know it snuck up on me too. Um, you know, here we are, one year later, two hundred thousand plus downloads. Surprised by the whole thing. Pleasantly, I will say, but surprised yeah, nonetheless. It's, it's been a good ride so far, and I, I hope we can continue it. Well, me too. So anyway, uh, I want to jump right in. I, I do want to say uh, thank you, uh, Gene. You've added a lot to the program. Oh, uh, well, being here. Well, I'm glad that you think it's fun being here because we hope to have uh, another year or so of uh, of the podcast. Um, hopefully, it'll go on some more. But yeah, we couldn't do it without you. You've turned the, the co-hosting into a craft, sir. Um. Well, you know, getting in here, uh, I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, some high altitude impressions of, of kind of, uh, you know, maybe what you heard, what, what you think of the podcast over the last year, the guests and whatnot. Well, for for me, you know, the the top down view of this thing is is that uh, we've done a pretty good job of keeping it buried, and we've had some really good guests on. And we've had the highly technical, and then we've had the casual conversations where we've just kind of talked about issues. So in that respect, I think we've done a pretty good job. I mean, that's just me, but, you know, with 45 minutes to discuss a lot of material. I mean, it's, there's a lot of stuff out there that we could discuss. And like you say, we go through 45 minutes, and it seems like we've been on for five minutes. I know, that's... We, we just don't get to, to talk about everything that we want to talk about, and there's so much more to do. So, uh, I, I, you know, from looking at it from 30,000 feet, we, we've got a lot to go. Yeah, we sure do. I, I definitely think, um, you know, we've, we've done good. Uh, sometimes it isn't long enough. Sometimes people say it's, uh, it's too long, but I don't think that there's any uh, – I guess you can't please all the people all the time, but uh, for me, I mean, I could go on for longer. I like these conversations, and I, I find the information really, in, you know, and enthralling and, uh, you know, whatnot. Um, so uh, over that past year, uh, we've learned a lot, I think. I personally have, and I've noticed a common thread that uh, with this, let's say unmanned technology and not only just uh, unmanned aircraft, but also, you know, we, we talked about some grown round robots and also uh, driverless cars. And we've talked about uh, other things along those lines. And, um, you know, the, the common thread is, is that these folks are breaking new ground and gathering unprecedented data with unmanned technologies. And, uh, you know, it's kind of just like it's a tool, you know, what, what are your impressions? Oh, absolutely a tool. That's the thing that has really come to light in this entire situation. People are learning how to put 
sensors on aircraft or sensors on a robot or sensors on a, uh, an unmanned vehicle and send it in where they wouldn't normally send in uh, a manned asset or, or a vehicle that didn't have the technology they have because it would essentially be a one-way mission. Now, like the guys, the hurricane hunters and the guys that come out, you know, they can send a, uh, an unmanned aircraft into the eye of the storm, you know, as it's occurring and blow in, blow out at low levels. That, that kind of stuff is just fantastic. And I think that as we continue down this path, there's going to be more and more people think about, oh, you know what? We could do that if we had this aircraft, this unmanned aircraft, or this this robot that could go in there. I, I think you're going to see more of that. I think, you know, it, we've kind of sparked the imaginations, and the industry has, has sparked a lot of imagination, even in engineers who don't have much imagination. <laughs> well, they have imagination to solve problems, I think, you know, but the imagination for uh, how to use this tool and, um, you know, gather the data. But, I, you know, I, I do think, uh, unlike uh, what people have to say, you know, as far as when they start talking about their field of expertise and how they're using this uh, technology, and I, and I, I, say I, I like to let uh, people kind of enlighten us about their field of expertise, like when we heard about how tropical storms are formed, any energy transfer out of the ocean, or that fire modeling, uh, that, that NIST work that you're flying and doing, and how they hope to, uh, you know, uh, gather data and make these uh, models and algorithms, and you know, save lives and homes. I mean, you know, uh, I really like that. I like hearing from from those types of professionals and scientists who, um, you know, kind of uh, impart that knowledge on us and how. That's what they're trying to get and how they use the unmanned technology to get it. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. And, and that's what's really cool because we're bringing in other disciplines, not just from the unmanned air, airframes or the unmanned uh, vehicles part of it. We're bringing in disciplines that are com completely unrelated but uh, plug into what we're trying to do. And I think that's pretty cool. And, and for me, all those really technical, of course I'm an Albert E. King, you know, I, I don't know what the vast majority of our listeners, you know, kind of drive to, but I really like the technical stuff. I, I like the guys on there that, you know, tell us about the storms and the AGSB folks that, uh, you know, get real technical with, you know, what they need to do. I love all that stuff. That, that's what's really gets to me and, and grabs me and wants me to have those people be talking. Oh yeah, I, I agree with that. I I, uh, I like how they're using that, um, you know, using the the technology to to uh, better, let's say, their field of expertise. And it is very interesting. I like all of that uh, technical data and all of the technical talk. I, maybe some people might find it a little, um, let's say, you know, uh, it, it could get into a little bit into the weeds for them. But uh, you know. I think overall that's kind of what we're trying to do here is expose people to these these technologies. And, you know, I mean, it's easy to say, and we hear all the time, you know, oh, yeah, you can use this to, you know, do smoke stack inspections or agriculture or first responders or whatever. And, yeah, that's true. You can throw all of these out there, and there's, there's a myriad. And, and I think, you know, uh, really, you know, it's only limited by our imagination. However, you could keep saying that, you know, um, but how? 
you know, and that's what I think we kind of delve into and get the expertise in there and say, hey, you know, uh, how exactly are you using this? What what are you getting from that? And it gives the uh, listener um, something, let's say, broader broader stroke of what's happening than just that, you know, oh, keep throwing it out there. I've enjoyed uh, the conversations that we've had with people, and I think that the friends, or I should say that the show has uh, gotten some friends uh, over the last year. You know, we've had people come on here and get to explain things. So we're going to have uh, some, some people call in today that were on the shows and, uh, you know, kind of talk about what they're doing, um, you know, also as a little bit of an update, but have them come on and, you know, talk to us about that, which I, I think it'll be good. Uh, I, I have gotten feedback from people that have listened to different shows and they said, oh, you know, um, like one caller, so Ted Wersbanowski is supposed to call in and he's the chair of the ASTM F38. And I think, you know, our, when we did that show for the update, I think people got a better understanding of uh, what F38 was doing. And then, um, you know, we're able to get involved. I've heard there's actually more people have gotten involved in that. So, you know, it's a positive thing there. Uh, the back-to-school series with the education, trying to uh, give people an idea of what they're going to get if they go to a different one of these schools that do unmanned aviation. Um, you know, we had several on. Several didn't want to come on. Others thought it was kind of, I don't know. I don't know what the deal was, but the, the, the institutions that did come on uh, got to get the message out there what their their uh, program was about, uh, what you were going to get out of it, and um, hopefully what it meant for the future of the industry and the workforce. So I thought that was pretty cool too. I I, I enjoy bringing, uh, let's say, this um, these new concepts and new ideas to uh, the public. And how do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, it, it, that's the, the great part of the diversity of the, the SUS News podcast. And when you mentioned that we were coming up onto our year last week, and it, and it did surprise me, I, I went back and I reviewed some of the, the ones that we've done in the past, you know, because they are available for download. And, and I went, and you know, the historical perspective is kind of interesting. Some of it made you kind of laugh a little bit because, you know, you listen to some of the things that people said a year ago, or even what we said a year ago. And the way the industry has progressed up to this point, it, it's moving so fast. So, I, you know, it's not to say that the, the casual conversations that we've had and the, the anecdotal stories that we've gotten from folks that have gone out there and actually used the, the, the system is just not interesting, because it is. people talking about driverless cars. And right. suddenly it's it's become mainstream. Japan has even released their first driverless cars for seniors. I mean it's, it's just, it just blows my mind how we're just kind of moving so fast into this industry and it's coming. There's no way that you know it's gonna be stopped. It's just the next logical progression of taking the computer and making these robots work for us. It's it's exciting times I think. Well, that's funny you say that because now uh, I, I caught a news story yesterday, which I thought was pretty interesting. And we're moving, uh, I think we're moving beyond just the, the drone thing. Uh, oh, yeah. the, the article yesterday was how, you know, the, the machines are going to be getting smarter than us here sooner than expected. 
and I should have had that uh, pulled up, and I could have discussed it a little bit more, but I think it's kind of interesting. People now are concerned about the robots, and they're hearing about the Terminator, and uh, computers are going to take over and be smarter than us by 2025. I don't know. I just had a big hard drive crash, and I'm not thinking the computer's smarter than me, but I don't know. Who's smarter? <laughs> Um, you know, but uh, I don't know, you know, but I mean, are, are we going to, as a society, be fearful of technology? I guess it's, it's that, that has been the way it is forever. I mean, I'm sure the first guy that, you know, showed up in the cave with a torch and that was lit, you know, people were like, ah, freaking out. And probably some of them really thought this is great. And then you had other people thinking, oh, my God, uh, this is bad. You know, but um, I, I kind of embrace technology, and I think that the technology um, that's coming will be pretty exciting. The driverless cars, the you know, whatever it is, um, I, even flying around with a robotic pilot. You know, I would. I, I think there is apprehension on all that stuff, but when you think about like the Air France deal, where the guy rode the stall in for thirty some odd thousand feet, you know, we're not perfect either. You know. Certified aircraft crash, DOT approved uh, cars crash. You know, I mean, it's just kind of, kind of part of the uh, comes with the territory, I guess. But you know, whatever we can debate that here. I think that uh, people are warming up to the technology, even um, even some people that have privacy issues. Um, I don't know if you read the story that we did about uh, the, the the Berkeley drone town hall, but. Um, even the takeaway from that, I thought it was pretty good. People were interested. They had kind of no idea. Again, it's, I think it's up to us to kind of get out there and tell people the good that the technology can do. Uh, and I think that I, I think I, I slowly see the worm turning, as it were, on that. I think things are changing. People are still concerned about privacy, but uh, sure. some some new new issues um, with that, and it's not only the drones. And I think that 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 is kind of pushing through some. So you know, we'll see what happens. I'm I'm really interested to see what happens over the next year. Again, this technology and the advances are um, extremely fluid. Like you were saying, you know, you listen to some of that stuff from a year ago, and you're like, hmm, you know, did it come to fruition? Is that what happened? Uh, how did this happen? Or this is how we planned on using it, and it really didn't work out. You did know? we really say that? <laughs> Well, you know, you hear uh, tidbits and, uh, you know, things every year. It seems like even every year we hear, you know, different things about uh, regulation all around the world or whatever. And people are expecting things and it just uh, kind of, um, let's say, fritters away and we don't really get that. So I think that that's, that's part of uh, the industry. There's a lot of let's say, of proprietary information, and there's a lot of secretive uh, things kind of going on. So, you know, it, it's hard to, uh, you know, stick your finger in the wind and, and, and you hear one thing or people are saying one thing and you try and go with that, but that doesn't really always work out. So, you know, you go with what you got and uh, you make predictions or whatever else. I think, you know, overall, though, I think we're doing pretty good uh, as far as that's concerned. You agree? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. We we haven't gotten too outlandish, but uh, there are some predictions that are still hanging out there that uh, we're going to wait and see. As time will tell. But uh, yeah, we we've done pretty good. All right. Yeah, I agree. Let's. Well, we have a caller, and I think this might be uh, this is caller number one. We're going to bring him on. And uh, hello, caller. 
Yeah, this is Ted Wurzmanowski. I think it's me, right? It is you. Hey, Ted, how's it going, buddy? Uh, doing fine, doing fine. Just got back to California from Florida, so life is good. <laughs> life is good. Yeah, well, you were uh, you were overseas. You were celebrating the the birth of a, a baby granddaughter. Is that correct? Yeah, we went over to visit my son in Abu Dhabi, and uh, lo and behold, they forgot to tell us in quotes that uh, my daughter-in-law was actually pregnant. <laughs> So we showed up there. She was nine months pregnant and had the kid while we were there, which was a surprise. So that was fun. Excellent, excellent. That's a great <laughs> surprise to have. Yes. Yeah. So that's 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 good. So yeah, you call in on the uh the one year anniversary show and um Well congrats know. on that. That's uh, good. Uh, at least you're still on the air, right? That's good. <laughs> Haven't been shut down by the FCC or the FAA or anybody. <laughs> Not yet. Uh nobody's called. <laughs> I have invited them on. I didn't invite the FAA on. They declined. But uh, you know, things are fluid over there. But uh, yeah. yeah. Now we uh, we had you on during the year here, and uh, you gave us a little update about uh, ASTM F thirty eight. And I've I've gotten a lot of feedback about that show. I think you get about seven thousand downloads on that show, and a lot of people were like, "Hey, you know, uh, it's almost like a community service type of thing." Where they said. Um, you know, appreciate that you did that. It gave us a lot of insight. You know, people talk about uh, F-38 or um, RTCA or some of the different efforts, and, and it's really kind of an obscure thing for people. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, okay, so I went and listened to that podcast, and I have a better idea of what's going on. So with that, I was hoping uh, that with your calling in today that you could you could give us kind of a uh, Cliff Notes version of uh, updates from – the F-38, if possible. Sure. Yeah, not a problem. Um, I think uh, on the radio show we were on, I mentioned, you know, that we were uh, developing all the standards that needed to be done for the uh, to support the new, uh, you know, the small UAS rule whenever it comes out, uh, and that we were trying to get the drafts done before the notice of proposed rulemaking was out. Uh, actually, we've been asked to accelerate the development of the standards, which we're doing, and uh, so that they could start to be used for public applications and be beta tested over oh the next couple of years as that uh, proposed rule gets refined from comments from the public so uh, we just finished up a round of ballots on all the required standards Uh, we have all of our task groups now addressing the comments that they got uh, we will be sending out uh, another set, uh, another draft of the standards. Uh, some of them will go out on around the 15th of May, and a couple of them uh, the 1st of June. We need a little bit more time to address some of the comments. Uh, we're hoping that uh, it, it, it looks like a lot of them will actually be approved uh, after this next round, uh, by using the ASTM process, and so they'll actually become final ASTM standards, and then and, and then it may take another ballot for a couple of them. We're not sure. We're hoping that we'll all they'll all be approved, and then uh, what we've been told is then uh, that the uh, FAA will uh, allow them to be used by public uh, entities uh, and uh, to actually get 
some to exercise them to beta test them to see you know is there something in these standards that uh it doesn't make sense you know because we're we're writing these sort of sort of in the dark although we have a lot of experts working on this but you never know when you're when you when you're working on standards there may be something that doesn't make any sense something that is impractical there may be some holes in the standards that we'll need to fill but we'll be able to do that over the next uh, next couple of years so when the when they when the rule comes out, the final rule comes out as a regulation, then these standards would have been exercised, and it'll just uh, help accelerate the implementation of the regulation for civil uh, commercial uh, uses. So, you know, it's all goodness, actually, in, in my mind. So, we're, And we're making a lot of good progress, and, and a lot of the feedback we're getting on the standards, that they, they seem to be pretty rational and reasonable. So does that help? Is that a good update for you, a quick one? It is. It does help, and that's good news. And I kind of like that very pragmatic approach. So you could take that one back. I do. Uh, I have heard that uh, my name comes up now and again at the ASTM meetings. That uh, you know we got to make sure that the the Patrick Egans of the world are are okay with this. And that sounds really good to me. Okay. It sounds very cool. Pra- pragmatic that uh, we're going to take them out, trot them out, try them out, and uh, hopefully find the holes. Um, and you're probably making more progress because I'm not uh, commenting on this. Well, <laughs> oh, Patrick, 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 what can I say? <laughs> uh, I know, well, the, the rewriting, I'm sure, I, I, uh, as being a chairperson, when you get the comments, you're probably like, oh, my God. Yeah, we, 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 have a, we actually have a lot of folks that were on the ARC participating as well, you know, the small UAS ARC, and, and, and a lot more, you know, because of uh, the, the last show and, and the fact that, you know, we've been around asking folks to participate and play in this, we've been getting a lot of good input from a lot of different venues, so uh, that, that all, that'll all make the standards be better, so everything's cool. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, so, did you uh, you hear some feedback from the show too? You did uh, people comment on that to you? Yeah, I, I've heard a few folks, you know, talk about it, and uh, you know, I, and I think we actually got a few. I'll have to check with our membership uh, fellow Kyle, uh, and and see if we've actually gotten any additional folks that actually joined and 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 participated in the review of the of the standards as a result of the show. But I I don't know that for a fact. But I'll I'll check on that. Yeah, it would be interesting to know, but uh, hopefully, you know, that's the case. We got more involvement, you know. Yep, um, absolutely. Well, I know you got to run off to a meeting, and I appreciate uh, I appreciate you calling in and and th- uh, congratulating us and and giving us a great update with F thirty eight. Sounds like things are moving ahead. And, we're, uh, we're we're trying. We're trying. <laughs> like herding cats. <laughs> yep, no dinosaurs, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. All right, Ted. Well, hey, thanks again for coming on, buddy, and we'll talk to you again in the future. Okay, cheers. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Oh, you know, there's some good news, right, Gene? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, he's he's always in the know on things like that, so that's helpful to have him give his his feedback. Uh, it definitely is, and you know you got some good uh, first-time information. I think that's another thing that's uh, that's definitely a uh, plus with this show is you get you do get some some inside baseball, and you get to uh, hear about um, you know <clears throat> some of these different efforts, what's going on, what some of the ideas that uh, uh, you know with the effort and who's doing what, blah blah blah. Um, you know, and, and what direction it's going to go in. Now, I I kind of like that idea of, of taking some of the standards out and trotting them out and uh, trying them out. 
only uh, I wonder how that's going to work. Oh, hopefully the privacy thing will die down. And I wonder, you know, we need to get somebody on here to talk about the COA thing and find out how many applications have been put in, you know, say lately. Um, try to figure that out and see see if that that number's really growing or people are doing it or they're just pitching it in or what the heck's going on. Have you heard anything on that, Gene? No, you know, and that that is a very good point. We all, I don't know who we can ask on that either, but uh, maybe do a little research and find out. I would, you know, the, the FOIA request that you put in, it took forever to get. And the EFF ended up having to, you know, file a lawsuit to get the information. But, yeah, it would be nice to know if, if they have, at least in numbers, gotten an increase uh, in applications. And, uh, you know, if, they so, if, if so, could they determine whether they were, you know, from colleges, universities, law enforcement. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be specifics. It would be nice just to have numbers, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, uh, kind of gauge what's going on out there. I mean, you know, this this issue's been very popular. You have all this legislation. We've got four bills here in California, and I'm trying to do some stuff there, maybe, you know, being a, a witness or whatever. But uh, it's red hot, so I'd be interested in seeing if it's uh, we're flicking it in or we're going whole hog or what the deal is on that. Now, one other update, and, and I think since the last podcast has been two weeks, been kind of busy, there's a, just a t- – ton of stuff going on. It's crazy. Um, I did talk to uh, Mr. Williams from the UASIO, and we talked a little bit about the uh, pushback for the NPRM, because one of our readers actually sent me the heads up, and I FOIA'd the NPR or the uh, SBAR 107 from OMB, um, which is the Office of Management and Budget, I believe. It's the Office of the President. I don't have the paperwork right in front of me. Anyway, that was pushed back, and the reason it was pushed back is what he told me was is um, some folks at DOT thought that the SFAR itself had gone through so many revisions and updates and people adding and putting and taking and whatever else into the equation that it, it was a little disjointed. And so they didn't feel that it was ready um, for prime time yet, so they took it back. They're going to go through it again and try and make it, uh, let's say, streamline it or fix some of that and and then submit it. So that's what's going on, and that's going to take a few months to do. And that was a little update from – Any cooks in the kitchen on that one? Uh, yeah, I mean, really, you know, what the the arc, we, what, we turned that in in 2009. It's 2013. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, there's been so many people going at it. That it's probably I don't I don't I wonder if we even recognize it anymore. Um, still very tight to the vest. Nobody wants to really talk about what's in there. Uh, there are some changes at the uh, FAA as far as people again who are who are involved and who have been involved. Good, bad, I don't know. Um, new people coming on board. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see this. Uh, what we heard just heard from Ted, I think, sounds pretty good too. Is uh, I think they're going to try some of these standards and go, hmm, I don't know if that's uh, that's working real good, you know, or maybe hey, uh, this did work good. I still wish we had uh, an exemption for the under two kilos frangible aircraft under twenty five miles an hour, uh, say you know, administered by a community based standards group. I, I think that that would be the way to go. I think we've espoused that a few times on the show, but, you know, easy for everyone uh, to comply and easy for everyone to administer, blah, blah, blah. 
So I don't know well, your we thoughts. We, we just still hold out for that, Patrick. I think that that could happen on down the road. Uh, you know, much like the the sport aircraft industry. You know, there was there was they kind of got their their deal going through pretty quickly. But uh, once they found out that these guys are going to be flying, you know, around the patch and this sort of thing, then they lightened up quite a bit. I, Again, it's the perception, the unknown quantity of how many UA can could be in the skies, which the FAA controls, and what the reality is going to be, and what the footprint is going to be. Right. You know, because most, yeah, most of the commercial operations that we've we've heard of and that that our people are wanting to do are can fall within the 400 feet altitude, 1500 feet lateral. Even less, uh, right. especially in commercial photography and stuff like that. I think we'll get down to the point where that's going to happen. It may take a while, and you know, a lot of us, you know, like you and I, we've lost patience with this thing because we can see it, and it, it's something that should be easy to do. But uh, you know, again, the, the, the government and their they're being careful about things and making sure they have all the bases covered. It's just taking an inordinate, inordinate amount of time Yeah, me too. I, I hope something comes along. Well, we got another caller, and I think this is uh, this is uh, I think someone from Florida, and I'm going to say this is probably Jeff Land. Okay. Howdy, Patrick. Yes, it is. Good afternoon. Good morning. Hey, Jeff. How's it going, buddy? Hey, it's going pretty good. How about you? Pretty good. We're we're celebrating a one year anniversary here of the SUS News Podcast Series. And congratulations. Uh, Thank you, sir. We're, uh, you know, reminiscing about uh, all the great guests that we've had and all of the um, excellent information we've got to listen to and all of the different ways that people are employing this technology. And, um, you know, I was hoping that you would call in because uh, actually the show that you guys did um, was probably it was actually the most popular show that we we ever had with uh, it had over twenty six thousand downloads. Well, that's fantastic. I'm glad people are tuning in. Well, they're tuning in to hear, you know, they're they're tuning in to hear guests like you, man, um, and, you know, hear what this technology can do. And, you know, the one other thing I wanted to have you on for is I, I also, uh, you had some update-worthy stuff. Now, you, you went down and did some volcano work. We ran a story about that. Did you, uh, would you give us the uh, cliff notes on that? Oh, certainly. Um, we took some dragon eyes, some surplus dragon eyes that are currently at the Ames Research Center, NASA's Ames Research Center, and built some special custom payloads that uh, measured sulfur dioxide particularly, but we also had uh, particles. The uh, The principal investigator, Dave Pieri, is out of JPL. So this is a project that was between uh, NASA JPL Ames and Goddard at Wallops, and we built these little payloads and um, got them in the volcano plume um, to measure the sulfur dioxide concentration, which was actually a fairly a fairly um, localized measurement. When when you look at the the plume coming out of the Turrialba volcano in Costa Rica, it's not very widespread, so it's it uh, it really lent itself to using the small UAS 
to get into the specific areas and measure the concentration because uh if you say we're oh just a few a few tens if not a hundred meters away from the the plume layer the um the concentration went went way down so this was a great uh exercise in understanding how to do this and it really shows the value of a small u a s in being able to fly slowly and fly in very, very uh, precise locations. It's something that would be very difficult with a manned aircraft. So overall, we had a couple flights, and it was uh, very successful, and we're looking forward to, to doing it again. That's excellent. So, you know, there's there's another use, because that's uh, another thing I've kind of been dis- dispelling with uh let's say privacy advocates believe that you know this you can you know there's nothing else besides uh, visual or uh, pictures or video that people do with this technology and so that's not really true you know people have snippers or they're trying to get particulates or whatever else or uh, catch I've, I've heard of people you know they do the uh, bug strips to try and catch certain uh, pests on the wings and whatever um, with uh, unmanned aircraft so there are other uses this is great um there was there'd really be no safe way of gathering this data in say a manned aircraft because the, the the gases don't really support life. True, Jeff. Well, it, in in this particular case, um, you you really wouldn't want to do it. Sulfur um, <laughs> sulfur dioxide does does uh, evolve to um, also sulfuric acid, for example. Um, and we're really trying this as a pathfinder to some of the more energetic volcanoes. So even if you dared go after the Turrialba, which is a very nice, uh, benign, it currently well-behaved volcano, as we extract into the more energetics, you most certainly wouldn't want to put a person at risk. And so we're still trying to, to sort out the... Um, the procedures and the and the sensors and the equipment to make these types of measurements. And uh, Patrick, I do want to just say that I think that the dialogue and about the alternative uses is very healthy. And uh, hats off to SUAS News for for getting getting that information out because there is a huge variety. This is just a small example of the things that can happen. Obviously, people are talking about agriculture, but airborne sampling for air quality, for example, or studying the Arctic or looking at hurricanes um, are all all things that we're working towards. Right. And, uh, you know, we appreciate uh, people like you out there on the beyond the bleeding edge of this this technology out there using this tool because that's that's really what it was about. I mean, we we kind of went over that a little earlier. How the common thread is is you have different people in different disciplines saying, you know, here it is, man. This is the tool that we've been looking for to gather the data so we can do X and model this and make that and figure this out. And uh, it's very exciting. And uh, I know you're you're one of the old timers in the use of, the, of this stuff over at uh, NASA, and I want to applaud your efforts, Jeff. And uh, it's guys like you that are um, giving us something to to talk about and bring to the public. And uh, yeah, I just want to say thanks for calling in and uh, wishing us well on on the the one year anniversary of the uh, SUS podcast. Hey, thank you so much for the invitation, Patrick. And yeah, um, just. Yeah, I've been been at it for about 25 years, and and it's uh it's taken that long to get this this type of measurement. So we're real happy that it's that it's happened, and um, looking forward to more. And again, so thanks again for your your interest, and uh, thanks for the invitation.
Thank you, sir. Have a good day. Yeah, you take it easy. Bye-bye. So, yeah, that's exactly more of what we were talking about. Now, we do have another caller, and uh, let's see who the next caller is here. Hello, caller. I think this is, is this Mike? Hi, Patrick. Yeah, this is Mike Hutt from uh, United States Geological Survey. Congratulations on your one-year anniversary. Small UAS News is one of those places we go to find out what's going on. We appreciate that because that's that's kind of exactly what we're trying to do. Um, even if you heard from the uh, the last caller, uh, we are trying to um, get this information, disseminate it out to the folks out there, so that they get a better understanding. And I even use it to, uh, you know, I just did a, another town hall in Berkeley, and you have a lot of privacy people, and I say, you know, they want no drone is a good drone. It's like, well, you know, wait a minute. Let's let's talk about this. And you may want to go to the podcast, and you may want to um, get on there and listen to it, and listen to some of these other uses that people uh, have for this. It's it's extremely interesting. And and we did kind of go over this a little bit earlier, but I was uh, as we me and Gene were talking about it's guys like you. You get them on here. You talk about what you're doing with these things, and it's very exciting. So uh, another reason I wanted to have you on today was uh, I know we we got a couple of um, Stories came through about what you guys are doing, um, seeing that uh, you guys are out in the media doing uh, more outreach, which I have to commend you on, because uh, I think we need to do exactly that. And, and so you're hitting all the right notes. Uh, what have what you guys been up to? Uh, we continue to support the applications coming up from the grassroots level within the Department of the Interior. Uh, the number one application we're seeing for small UASs is really been coming out of the wildlife biologist, counting, inventorying, monitoring things like elk, mountain goats, uh, sandhill cranes, uh, migratory waterfowl. Uh, a tremendous amount of interest from the wildlife biologist to uh, help using UASs to uh, to do their jobs better and more effectively, effective and more cost effective. Um, other than the next biggest group that we're seeing interest from are the hydrologists, and uh, they're very, very interested in using the uh, thermal capabilities on small UASs to monitor stream temperatures and standing water temperatures, and a bunch of different uh, projects coming out of the hydrologists. And then the ecologists are probably the next big group coming in, and what we're doing with them is tracking, monitoring, uh, vegetation differences, tracking uh, inv different invasive species. One of the more innovative things I've seen uh, coming out of the National Park Service is they're interested in using smaller UAS to develop virtual tours, tours of the uh, national parks. Sign me up. That sounds great. That would, that's another one I was thinking about that. You know, I was looking actually, uh, I think Utah was advertising for um, – for tourism, and they were talking about the five parks that they have there, and I was like, wow, it's really beautiful. That would be cool if you could do a virtual tour. I mean, you know, that's that's great. That's excellent. I love that idea. So they're going to move ahead with that? You think you guys are uh, going to assist them in, in making that happen? or uh, We're looking at ways to help them do that. Um, some of the things that they have uh, we've demoed is some uh, – Parks in the on the east where they've actually flying, flown over battlefields and oh, you get cool. a first eye view of the cannons deployed and uh, 
Uh, yeah, I think that's something that is going to uh, take off and be not just the national parks, but also the other Bureau of Land Management and Fish and Wildlife Service are coming in right behind them. Yeah, that's, man, that, that is really fantastic. Uh, the other thing that I like to do, too, is I really like to toot the horn about, uh, you know, how when I had asked you if you guys were realizing a cost savings and you're like, oh, yeah, 10 to 1. I was, you know, that's a no-brainer, man. Everybody's talking about saving money, um, and, and I think that's great. But this, this new idea would be the national parks and, um, you know, what's out there in some of the, those historic uh, landmarks and things like that. Man, that, that is a great idea. I think you get more people uh, in, invested in, in what is actually out there in the national parks to see. Um, I haven't been out there in a while, to be honest. I should be out there. We have some really beautiful parks in this country. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty excited about that, and the new Secretary of Interior, Je Sally Jewell, her background is in recreation. She came to DOI from REI, so hopefully we can get her excited about the idea. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great idea. I love that one. I'm, uh, I'm really pleased to hear that one, but I'm also pleased to hear uh, what you guys are doing. And I don't know if you listen to the show, uh, the NIST show. Uh, did, did you get a chance to listen to that show? I don't think I'd listen to that one. Uh, I was going to comment that your previous caller from NASA, since uh, USGS is also interested in using UASs to monitor volcanic activity, we've mm -hmm. had several uh, follow-up discussions with NASA about uh, linking up, joining sensor development with USGS and JPL and others. Um, one of the exciting things about the small UAS community is that we all work very well with each other and we share ideas and visions. Uh, we're working with NASA and NOAA and others on almost a daily basis sharing projects and ideas. Yeah, well, that's that's great. Now, I would recommend that you listen to the burn because uh, they're actually Gene, uh, the, you know, our, our uh, co-host here is a, a pilot for NIST and he, they're using small unmanned aircraft and uh, they were out in the field and they were uh, collecting data to do some modeling for uh, fires. And Gene, maybe you would like to speak to this a little bit? Yeah, Micah, that, that would probably be a good idea for you guys. The uh, the, the wildland urban interface is, is where we're studying how fire propagates. And, you know, as you know, it seems like in the United States, there seems like there's some place on fire all year round. So it, this is uh, something that uh, there, there could be some synergy there between uh, those two agencies that uh, you guys could get together and work with. Uh, uh, Alex Marangetis is the uh, the primary scientist involved, and uh, I'm sure he'd be happy to talk to you about that because that would be a great great one for you guys. Yeah, we, we uh, actually have a couple of projects with the Department of Interior's Office of Wildland Fire Coordination and Bureau of Land Management. Uh, projects coming up in Idaho this year, and what we're doing is looking at the impacts of wildfire on the environment, um, primarily looking at uh, effectiveness of various treatments post-fire and monitoring things like erosion and debris flows, that kind of thing. So, And uh, we also have projects coming up in Montana and Colorado later in the year where we're uh, flying small UASs to help detect underground coal seam fires. So, again, I'd be, I will uh, make sure I contact the NIST guys and see if we can co collaborate. Well, yeah, and I want to 
Oh, go ahead, Gene. Sorry. No, I'm just saying this. This is so great because you guys have really got the vision to look forward and and to do that sort of stuff. And if people can't see that this is coming, they're hiding under a rock because it's just going to be huge. I concur with that, and I want to throw it out there that uh, you know anyone listening or Mike or whatever, anybody uh, would like a let's say introduction to someone else that's doing something else that may work with them or for them or assist them or pick their brain or whatever, email me Patrick at suasnews.com and I will make that introduction uh, because I think. Like you were saying, Mike, all this cross pollinization and people working together—it's—it's it's just it is—it's right on the money, man. That—that's exactly what we are trying to do here: is facilitate people to hear these ideas, make connections, do science, get some data, and and make the world a better place to live. I couldn't agree with you more. I think one of the things I'm personally looking forward to is in a three-legged stool. We, we're getting a lot of help from universities. Uh, working with other government uh, groups, I'm really looking forward to the day where there will be a, more of a commercial UAS uh, industry out there that we can work with on a more frequent basis and be able to reach in and contract with them to help us fly missions. Amen, brother. I've been saying that. I think that really there's going to be a big services industry here. Uh, guys like you are doing stuff. Hey, we can only afford to do this much. But, uh, you know, even out here, talking to a guy at... Uh, uh, Department of Water Resources for California, you know, there's all the money they're spending for helicopters to survey level levees. I know, cheaper, better, faster. Um, you know, it, it, it's coming. Gene's correct. It's coming. It's going to come big. And hopefully, um, you know, we're giving that information a leg up to our listeners. They're getting the inside scoop. They're getting uh, the real experience. And they're getting this information from from folks that are in the know. And uh, Mike, you know, I want to thank you for for being on today and giving us an update. We we love what you guys are doing. We love what everybody's doing. It's great. Uh hopefully we'll be here for another 10 years or maybe more. <laughs> Who knows. We'll make sure we call you next year and congratulate congratulate you on year 2. Uh, I appreciate that. We're going to have to have you back on because we're going to have to hear an update, too, within the year. I want to hear uh, what you guys are doing. I'm sure this thing is growing like a weed, and uh, we want to be part of that. Gene, again, I want to thank you, buddy. The, the show would just not be the same without you. And um, I guess until next week, to the listeners, thank you very much. I want to thank everybody. Like I said, over 200,000 downloads. I'm just floored. So I appreciate everyone listening. Again, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for shows, please send them Patrick at suasnews.com. Until next week, uh, I guess, you know, keep it in the air. Talk to you later. Okay, bye.